You're listening to the Audacious Church Podcast. This message was recorded live at our Manchester campus. We know this is a great investment into your life. So tune in, listen up and stay focused. For any more information, visit us online, audaciouschurch.com. Audacious, great to be with you this morning. Great to be back. It's literally only a few months since we were here. Leonie and I were just here in the summer. And to be honest, it's good to be back when it's cooling down. I know you find that bizarre to believe, but we were walking through the Christmas night marks, went through them last night. It was crazy in there, but it's so good to be cold. I know that's not very well popular over here. It's a bit like the football on the weekend. Thank God we've gone to the World Cup after every team that matter lost. Arsenal won again. And if you're an Arsenal fan, don't declare it this morning in Jesus' Name. Hey, great to be with you. Take your seats. For the sake of time this morning, I wanna get straight into my message. And I wanna talk to you on the topic of stewardship this morning. But I wanna talk to you from the perspective of what are you doing with what you have been given? What are you doing with what you have been given? You see, you've got to understand that our lives, our resources, our marriages, our friendships are literally just gifted to us and our responsibility is to steward them the best that we possibly can. And so today I wanna remind you what stewardship is so that you step in to this season, even into this time, this day of giving, understanding that you are just a steward. It never belonged to you, it was never yours, it was always His and He wants you to do the best you can with it. Jeremiah chapter 10 and verse 23, I was just reading it um, a few months ago and as I was reading it, I picked something up that I find is a weave, a thread all the way through the Word of God. And in 23, it says, Lord, I know that people's lives are not their own. I wanna say that again. Lord, I know that people's lives are not their own. It is not for them to direct their steps. Now, I want you to understand that that's not a popular thing to say. The more I read about stewardship and what the Bible says, it's almost counterculture to the world in which we live. It's all about my, 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 what do I get? When am I gonna get it? How am I gonna go on the holiday? What's gonna happen? But actually, the Word of God and the premise of the Word of God is found in the fact that I am not my own, but I belong to Him. He's in control, He knows what He's doing. You know, but then I go to 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 19, after I had this thought, I started to look through things and in the New Living Translation, it says, don't you realise that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not, notice it says, you do not belong to yourself. It's not popular, it's not what we talk about. It's not how, you know, the hedonistic culture we live in and the universities teach us today, but you need to get a revelation if you're gonna read the Word of God and you're gonna be a steward as God purposed you to be, then you have to understand that you do not belong to yourself. Why? Because God bought you, not just bought you, but He bought you with a high price so that you must honour God with your body. This is obviously talking about your body, but the weave throughout the whole Bible is helping us to understand we do not belong to ourselves. You know, many of you have heard, I've talked about Papua New Guinea. We planted a church there last year 
And two weekends ago, we had 600 people in church. Uh, we planted in the middle of COVID and it's just been incredible what God has done. But a few months ago, I was there for the first time and, uh, and I had one of the guys speak and his name is Wayu. He's an Indonesian guy. But uh, over the course of the Believe campaign and what we've been doing through the South Pacific, this one man has gifted to the church through his businesses. He gives, um, on average, he gives uh, 11% of his total business income, forget his personal income, to uh, the church and the endeavour of the church in that region. And so to us, he's given $6.6 million in the last four years and uh, helped us do all the things that we do. And so I thought I'd get him up to talk about the offering because when you spend time with Wayu, he just lives it. In everything he does, it just, it just sort of you know, bleeds out of him a spirit and an understanding of what stewardship is. So he gets up and, and he, he says, oh, could I have the pastors come? And Pastor Thomas and Gaywar, our pastors on the ground there, he brings them up and he pulls out of his pocket a wad of notes. And there's, a, there's enough for $100, so the equivalent, it's their dollars, but it would be the equivalent of 100 pounds per person. And he says, I want you to go through the crowd and give everybody 100 pounds. Don't worry, I'm not gonna repeat it today in case you're wondering. <laughs> I could see some people like, this is a great message already, I love it. Oh, stewardship, so good. <laughs> but, but he starts giving it out and you could feel the atmosphere in the building change because he'd got up to do the offering and suddenly we're giving away money. I wanna tell you the church grew by six times the next week, it didn't really, but, 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 but he starts to give out the money and as he's giving it out, you can feel people looking at it. And in some of these places in Port Moresby, it's hugely impoverished. So to give $100 or 100 pounds is a huge amount of money for these individuals and they're taking it and they're looking at it. And he keeps assuring them as they're giving it out, don't worry, you don't have to put it in the offering. It's, you can do whatever you want with it. I'm just gifting it. It was some money that I had left over in my house and I felt that I should give it today. And he's, he's giving it and he's, he, he, people are giving it. He brings the pastors back on stage. And then he asks them this question. He says, how easy was it to give that money away? And Gawa looks at him and sort of silent for a moment. She goes, it was so good to give that money away. Some of the people I was giving to, I know their circumstances and it just felt so good. And he said, how easy is it to give away someone else's money? You see, we've got to understand, I am not my own. I do not belong to myself. So why is it that we struggle with these areas? Why is it that the whole of England struggles with a mindset to be able to give away? Because we've been taught that we've got to hold on because something might happen. He's in control, He always has been, He always will be. And we need to be people that understand that it doesn't belong to us, it belongs to Him. And He wants you to step into what He has for you. So today I wanna give you three revelations for you to walk in stewardship and understand what it means from a biblical premise. Number one, it doesn't belong to you. Turn to the person next to you and say, it doesn't belong to me, give me a wallet. <laughs> uh, some people are like, what, is he serious? You see, the reality is that the tension we all face is I wanna do something great for God, but I lack. I lack money, 
I lack people, I lack ideas, I lack endorsement. And so we look at stewardship through the, 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 when we start, we look through the premise of what I don't have. But remember the woman with the little bit of oil, she first said, I don't have anything. Then she suddenly realised that she does have something. We need to recognise that all we have belongs to Him. He's just entrusted in the area, particularly of tithes, He's just entrusted us with 90%. If I was God, I'd probably entrust with 10%. I know some of you, I wouldn't give you 1%. But the reality is that we need to recognise that our God trusts us. He believes in us. His purpose is imperfect vehicle called the church, but make no mistake, He also wants us to be dead. The Bible also weaves all the way through that I am not my own. In other words, I am dead to my own values. I'm alive to who He is in my life. So we gotta recognise that the tension that we feel is real, but it's a natural tension. The supernatural tension is our God owns a cattle on a thousand hills. He's gifted it all to us. He wants us to step into it. So we need to recognise that as stewards, it doesn't belong to us. Matthew 26 and verse 14, one of my favourite leading passages of Scripture for my life is found in verse 14, the New Living Translation. I wanna read the whole thing so you get the context of it today. Again, the Kingdom of Heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. Notice he's going on a long trip. When you go on a long trip, Pastor Glenn and Soph just had sabbatical. And when you go on a long trip, the first week or two, you're still thinking about things at home. By the time you get to like the fourth or fifth week, you've forgotten home exists. In fact, you're like, I never wanna go back there. (laughs) And there's this thing about a long trip that actually, if you're gonna position yourself well, you actually have to recognise, I've got to entrust somebody else because I'm not gonna have a thought in that place. And this is the context in which this Scripture is written. He called together His servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. He gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last, dividing it into proportion to their ability. Then he left on his trip. The servant who received the five bags of silver began to invest the money and earned five more. The servant with two bags of silver also went to work and earned two more. But the servant who received the one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and hid the master's money. After a long time, their master returned from his trip and called them to give an account of how they had used his money. The servant to whom he had entrusted the five bags of silver came forward with five more and said, Master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest and I have earned five more. The master was full of praise. Listen to what he says. Well done, good and faithful servant. It's interesting because It's the same language that we see when we stand before God and He asks us what we did with our life. It's the only time, the other time that we see it in the Scripture, but Jesus is telling the parallel. And so we've got to understand that there's a weave of what our purpose is on life in this passage of Scripture. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount. So now I'll give you many, many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. The servant who received the two bags of silver came forward and said, Master, you gave me two bags of silver to invest and I have earned two more. The master said, well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount. So now I'll give you many, many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Just note that there's two people that get an amount of money. In fact, there's three 
and they're given it according to their capacity, their capability, but there's no prejudice in God that one actually got five and made five. He made more for in the context of the economy of God. So therefore he was given special treatment. No, well done, good and faithful servant. You'll get many, many more responsibilities on the basis of increasing what I gave you. He gave it to them. They didn't predetermine what they got. Stop looking around the room and saying, why do they get this and I get that? Ah, you've got to get before God and ask Him that, this question because, you know, when I was at sport as a kid, sometimes, you know, my friends would all, not sometimes, always, my friends would get picked before me and I was the last guy, I'm still here. And then they'd pick me and you're like, no, oh, I'm on the team, but I'm not really. And I can get upset about that, but that's life. God is in control and sometimes it's five, sometimes it's two, sometimes it's one. It's not how much you've got, it's what you do with what He's given you. Stewardship is understanding that you have been given something. What are you gonna do with it for God to bring increase to it? Then the servant with the one bag of silver came and said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man harvesting crops you didn't plant, gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid I would lose your money. Ah, there a premise that you need to understand. If you're gonna be a good steward, you've gotta recognise you can't operate on the foundation of fear. I was afraid. The interest rates are going up, I'm afraid. The employment market's shifting, I'm afraid. I wanna declare to you all today, I am not afraid. I get a sense that this is the greatest day of the Church of Jesus Christ. This is the time for us to rise, not to pull back and to step into what God has for us. Afraid of losing money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here is your money back. Notice, he didn't even burn the money. He didn't even lose the money. He gave the, 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 you know, the, the, the Master exactly what he'd given him. Well, at least he held on to what he had, right? That's how I would sort of think, but that's not what God thinks. Because remember, this is a parable. This is Jesus speaking to us. This isn't Neil Smith speaking to us. So you need to hear it loud and clear. Why did you deposit my money? Why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. Then he ordered, listen to this, take the money from this servant and give it to the one with the 10 bags of silver. To those who have well, what they are given, even more will be given and they will have all abundance. But those who do nothing, even what little they have, it will be taken from them. Now throw, oh, this useless servant. I mean, this is strong words. This useless servant into the outer darkness where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Hang on a second. He actually maintained what he had. I wanna tell you that if we're not careful as the church in a season that we've just been through, we can have a maintenance type mentality. Hang on until Jesus comes. But actually the Bible that I read talks about servanthood through the filter of faithfulness isn't just showing up. Faithfulness equals fruitfulness. If you're not fruitful with what God has given you, you don't bring increase to what He's positioned you with, then you are ineffective and He doesn't wanna have anything to do with you. We've celebrated in the church for years that faithfulness is just showing up. There was a man that I know, and the only time we ever used to hear him talk in church was when I was a kid. His name was Sid. And Sid used to actually, uh, he, he used to have a car and on the back seat, it still had the plastic on it, it was a few years old. 
And when asked why, he said, I, I, I want to have the maximum value of my car when I take it back or when I trade it in. And he wouldn't allow anybody to share what he had. But when he speak, the only time was at an AGM. I don't know if you remember the AGM. Thank God we don't do church AGMs anymore. Where everybody had an open mic and anybody could say anything and they would fry the pastor and say all the things he'd done wrong. Well, Sid would take his 30 minutes. He was an awful man. He, on the fourth row, if you sat in him and his wife's chair, you could die if you sat there by mistake. If you're a visitor, the, the ushers would come and go, oh, no, don't sit there, Sid's after you. I used to call him Sid Vicious in your country and understand the context of that. And uh, anyway, he, he, he actually, so I said to my dad when I was a kid, Dad, why do we put up with Sid? And my dad said this, he's a faithful brother. He shows up week in, week out. In fact, my dad said it like this, oh, he's a faithful brother. <laughs> my dad's a Yorkshireman for those that don't know. Why is it that we settle for mediocrity? The Bible doesn't say anywhere that it's acceptable. Why do we settle for what seems normal? Oh, I can feel that I'm talking to something here, not just people, but a spirit. And we need to be careful that we don't just settle. We don't just take what we've got. We need to understand and get that the second revelation is you must be fruitful if you're gonna be in the kingdom. You must take what you've been given and use it. You must take what you've got and deposit it in what God has for you. They will be known by their fruit and a bottle falling on the floor. The musicians can come. Oh, look at that. That was great timing, man. He just leaped out of the box there, didn't he? <laughs> Question for you is where have you settled? Where have you allowed yourself to settle right now? What are you doing with what you have been given? I am not my own. I must be fruitful with what God has given me. Right now in Papua New Guinea, we decided that we would start a, some community hubs. I believe that we can plant 100 churches in the next 10 years across the South Pacific. God has given us an opportunity. I, 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 you know, I've got friendship with some of the leaders of the country and some of the opportunities that are coming to us. And all I said to the leaders is, you give me 10,000 square metres of land, and I will actually build for you a, um, a, a community hub representing five different values. One, leadership, which leadership transforms mindset. Two, representing commerce and trade, business, which actually gives people opportunity. Three, education, which builds capacity so people could do what they couldn't do before they learned. Four, healthcare, if we have healthy people, we can have a healthy nation. And five, the church, but not an inward focused church, an outward focused church. And we want to build a facility where in five shipping containers, we can put in the steel and everything ready, take it by helicopter or by truck to anywhere in the world. And then COVID hit. I'd raised enough for three of these and COVID hit. Well, I'm happy to be able to say we're about six weeks off building our first and we've got funding for another three. And, 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 and guess what? It's not just built for all the good aspect for, for, church, for, 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 for what we can do as a church, but it's built for what God is wanting to do, which is establish His church on the earth. January, uh, February, I'm hoping to be in Washington DC to talk to World Bank about them funding all of these things. But when I started, all I had was an idea and I put it out there. We want just 10,000 square metres of land. Then a minister said to me, yes. And I was like, great. 
you've got to fund $350,000. Guess what? God came through. Because when He gives you something, He always resources it, but it's our step that positions us for what His purpose for you. Don't just be, hang on to it. Don't have faithful as a mindset that says mediocre, level what I've always done. Have that sense of faithful equals fruitful. I wanna run this video for you so you can see the concept of this community hub. PNG Community Hubs will be installed in each of the 89 districts within PNG. The aim for the hubs is to connect each of the 89 local level government districts, LLGs, with the nation's capital. Each hub produces its own energy, collects its own water, treats its own waste. It also provides high-tech AV connection via internet to the outside world. You will now see the various components that come together to make up each hub. First on our right is the village store, which will provide grocery lines and household products and serve as a trading hub for local produce. Then we come to the health clinic. This contains a consulting room and a procedures room, providing a range of health services in a hygienic, secure and fully fitted medical facility. There is an amenities block providing toilet and hand washing facilities for members of the local community. Then we come to the cafe kitchen. This has been set up to provide food and beverages to the community members and will offer catering services for community functions and events. It is fully equipped with both food preparation and cooking facilities. You can see as we walk through the hub this large central area, which is the community gathering space. It also serves as the main assembly area for school classes, community events and worship services. We have designed this all-weather covered space with capacity for up to 300 people seated and more for standing events. The hub is very technically advanced, allowing information including teaching videos and other resources to be beamed into each hub from anywhere in the world. It is this connectedness with both government in Port Moresby and the rest of the world which make the Believe PNG Community Hubs such a vital and valuable project. In addition to what we have just seen, each hub also includes sustainable electricity generation and electricity storage equipment, clean water collection and water storage tanks for community use, sewage treatment facilities and high-tech audio-visual systems to assist in modern education and training. So you can see, God just gave me an idea, but then I had to commission an architect, then we had to get a video, then we had to talk to governments, then we, God's put things in you. But they're lying dormant. God, I wanna do something great with what I've got. Today we're gonna give an offering and it's gonna transform people's lives. It's gonna increase what God has purposed over the heart and life of this, 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 this ministry. But I want you to understand that when we do that, we're actually giving out and fruit will come. Year in, year out, I've been involved in these and I've seen this crowd grow and grow and grow. The crowd represents more people, more lives, more families. I've seen a touch uh, events happening both here in, in the city and all over the world. And, and, and we can't even really quantify, but we haven't just maintained what we've got. This isn't the end. This is just the beginning of what God wants to do. You're a part of what God has purposed for us. Today, I looked out my window. I'd like you to stand with me for a moment. I looked out my window and I realised that it's autumn here, nearly winter. There were some trees right out the front and they were empty. The leaves have all fallen off. I don't know about you, but I love autumn. I love seeing the trees change colour and different things happen. But I watched this and as I looked out, I realised 
there were a few trees that still had some leaves just hanging on. But the truth of spring, which we all love, the truth of new life, which we all talk about, it always starts with clearing the decks so that you're ready for the next phase that God has for you. Trees understand that cycles come and go, cycles come and go. So they must prepare the way even for winter because they know after winter, there's always gonna be a spring. After a tough season, there's always gonna be an increase. And so I watched and I thought to myself, there's just a few trees that still have one or two leaves left on it. And that's like us sometimes. Because what you gotta understand, the tree hasn't died, the source of life hasn't died, but the leaves have. Their season is over. They don't need shade for the winter. So they've gotta let go of what they've been holding on to. Many of us have dead things in our lives that we haven't yet let go of and they're restricting us moving into sometimes a hard season, but ultimately to spring and summer and harvest to come. So you see the third revelation that I got as I looked into this, if we're gonna be effective stewards, we gotta let go of things that have died. We gotta let go of things that we didn't get our way. We gotta let go of what has held us back. Because I wanna tell you, I don't wanna stand before God and say, well, take it from Him. He did nothing with what He had. Today, this offering isn't just about money. It's about us positioning ourselves to let go of dead things. If there's something in your life that you go, I've gotta let go of that. I've gotta lay it down again. I've gotta put it down again. Right in this environment, I want you just to lift your hands because I'm gonna pray a prayer. You say, God, would you use me? God, would you position me? God, I wanna be a good steward of what you've given me. I wanna steward what I have so that I can step into what you have for me. God, I pray right now that people would let go of dead dreams. They would let go of dead thinking. They would let go of pain and hurt. They would let go of when somebody's done the wrong thing by them that now is holding them back. God, they would let go of a past mistake in the area of finance. Lord, they let go of the pain they felt in a church. God, that they would let go because letting go of a dead leaf for a tree is not the end, it's positioning it for the future empty branches that are gonna ready to be filled. God is about to do something in people's lives. Springtime and harvest is coming, but we gotta position ourselves so that we let go. Church, when you let go of something in praise and worship, we don't actually do it like this. When we let go of something in an offering, we don't have the offering bucket come by and we have our fists are clenched. We actually let it go. God, I trust You because You entrusted me. God, I let it go. I do the best that I can. I'm a good steward. God, just like the trees of the field, I lift my hands. Come on, lift your hands. Let those leaves go. Let those disappointments go. Let that death go. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Thank you for listening to this audacious podcast. For any more information, visit us online, audaciouschurch.com. We'd love for you to join us at one of our campuses, Manchester, Chester, or online every Sunday, 10 a.m. and 12 p.m. 